0: With all of the things you could be listening to right now, thank you for checking out the 7 Figures Podcast. I'm Sandy Waters. While you're here, if you don't mind giving us a rating and a review, and tell your friends about the show. The goal is to give you all the information that you need to dominate your finances. Today, the topic, buying a new home. Are you financially ready for it? And I'm thinking we're going to focus on first-time home buyers. I invited Chris Kanye to join in on the conversation. Chris works on Spazano and Sandy, the morning show with me. You're doing your zero debt thirty vlog on YouTube. You started off with what 22-
1: 22000 dollars in the middle of April of 2017, and I'm looking at about three thousand nine hundred left here in October.
0: That's pretty remarkable, and you've been extremely aggressive at attacking this debt. But you were talking about the last few weeks. You've been talking about, oh, should I buy a house? How do you even buy a house? What do you do? So you actually inspired this episode. Oh, thanks. I know.
2: (laughs) So we brought in our
0: uh, friends at Family First Credit Union, Shauna Pernicone, the mortgage processor, and Mm -hmm. Julie Vella, the mortgage originator. Thank you so much. Thank you. Buying a house is... Huge, right? There's so many emotions when it comes to buying a house, even thinking, entertaining the idea of buying a house before you put everything into action. Let's make sure that you're financially prepared. And that's what we want to do. We want to get you prepared, Kanye. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're ready. Right. And everybody else who's entertaining the idea of buying their first home, because it can be overwhelming. There are so many questions.
1: First question, the biggest one. And I think everybody thinks this when it even pops into their head, when they see a for sale sign when they're driving down the street is. Is it as intimidating as it
3: seems? (laughs) Well, anything's possible. So it's probably going to be one of the largest purchases in your life. I mean, buying a house is one of the largest purchases. So
0: you got to be ready. So So let's go. Let's start from the beginning because there are four steps that you need to follow and you have to follow them in this order. And I think you guys would agree, right? So let's do, let's lay it out there. The go-to guide to make sure that you're financially prepared. Number one. You see that for sale sign, but before you even walk into that open house, you got to determine how much you can afford, right? Are you ready? Very
3: true. So to determine um, how much you're going to qualify for, you actually have to start looking at the credit first to see where can my credit and my income take me. So as an originator, we're going to look at the credit. We're going to look at your income and then we're going to, and your debt, and we're going to put that all together in one equation. We're going to come out with, this is what you qualify for.
1: That and your debt part, I think, is so important because that's how I got into debt in the first place is, oh, $58 a month, I can afford that. Oh, 250 a month, I can afford that. And all of a sudden, those things pile on top of each other, and yeah. now it's $1,200 a month, and you're like, holy crap, I can't afford $1,200 collectively. <laughs> so that end your debt thing is, I think, super important to realize yes. and to be self-aware enough to know, okay... Maybe I can't afford a $1,500 mortgage, even though $1,500 I could scrape together, but I can really look at a $900 mortgage.
0: How do you, because nobody really walks into this with zero debt. I mean, that's your goal ultimately, but people have, you know, student loans or whatever. So how can you say, what really can I afford? I had no idea when I first bought my house. I'm like, I don't know. These numbers sound crazy. How we break it down is by monthly. So we're going to look at your
3: gross monthly income. Okay. Okay. And basically just taking your W-2, and we're going to divide it by 12 months. Okay, so it's on a monthly basis. We're going to take your monthly payments, so your monthly outgo, so your monthly debt that you have. We'll add up those monthly debts, and um, we're going to divide it into your gross monthly income. We come up with a ratio. Okay, so we follow uh, specific ratios, and we follow the Fannie Mae guidelines, and there's different types of mortgages. But we're going to come up with this ratio and make sure it's qualifying for you so that you can uh, qualify to purchase a home.
1: How important is being so honest? I mean, because sometimes I'll go to like get a loan and they're like, how much you spend on alcohol every month? I'm like, oh, like 30 bucks It's like the doctor's office. I work
0: out every day. Exactly. Every day. I mean, people,
1: I I feel like it would be, uh, people would be um, reserved to where they don't want to really tell you that they eat out five times a week. I mean, it's a little embarrassing when you're trying to get a loan, especially if you're trying to work it so you make yourself look better financially.
3: Very true. The first person that I ask, a uh, first question that I ask people is how much do you think you can afford monthly for a housing payment? You know, you spend so much on entertainment or so much on, you know, going out on the weekend. So you have to factor those things in because you really want to change your lifestyle. You may, but if you don't want to change your lifestyle um, and you want to keep going, what you're doing and have a home too, you got to factor those things in. You got to fact, we don't factor in utilities or Or things like that or the gym membership or food. Okay. So we do not calculate that in.
1: Much like the gym membership, though. How many times have we, we talked about it on on the Buzz Morning Show where we want to work out. We're gonna not eat this and not do that. And you have every intention when you wanna do when you want something as bad as a house, you're like, okay, I cannot go out to eat three times a week. And then what happens two months in? You go back to your regular lifestyle. You
0: can't live through rose colored glasses with this. (laughs) You don't wanna become house poor, is what they say. You have to be very Very real with the numbers. Yes. So even
3: though we can say, Oh, you can qualify for two thousand a month, and they're like, Okay, well, like you're saying, maybe I can scratch that together somehow. Well, you really got to think about. Hmm, I have, you know, I have to keep up with my, whatever it is, any maintenance you have with the gym or with um, things we mentioned. If you have a food, used car, you, yeah, yeah, um, a used car. Um, yes, all those things, car repairs. Um, getting a new car. You know, my old car is uh, is, is ends of its days, so maybe we need a new one. So we got to factor in all those potentials for the future. Yeah.
0: Plus taxes, school taxes, town taxes. People forget about that. Yeah,
3: we
2: love um,
0: taxes. <laughs> what? what <was> then <laughs> so we just love our taxes here. Okay, but, um, we want to forget
1: about them. You're right. <laughs> is there a set so difference if you're going from renting to owning a house? Is there a set percentage difference? Like, say, my rent is eight hundred dollars a month. Should I stay around that number, or should I? Oh, that's be able a good gauge. To...
3: that's good. It's a very good question. I get that question a lot. And um, if you feel like you're very comfortable and you have extra money um, that um, could potentially go in your savings. Or could go towards a home or or both. Um, if you feel it's very comfortable, I would stay where you are. But if you feel like, you know what? I feel like, you know, maybe I'll be getting a raise at the end of this year or whatever. Maybe or I'm moving in with somebody, up. right? Or maybe now you have two. Yeah, but can move up. Mm-hmm. So, because I, I, like-
1: I mean, I've, I've, my rent is, I'll tell you, it's 1175 right now, and it's a nice, nice apartment. And I've been told, well, you could afford a great house with that mortgage, but then I don't have the repairs, I don't have the maintenance, I don't have to buy a lawnmower, Taxes. I don't have the taxes, <laughs> don't have the I don't tax. have to, you know, change the roof or or buy or have a in, homeowner's insurance and all this well, other stuff.
0: It's a good point. You have to buy a lawnmower. You're right. The things that you yes. normally don't have to even purchase. Snow,
1: yeah, a snowblower. You have to repave your driveway. You have to. If something goes wrong, like the water heater, you can't just call maintenance. So that's what scares the crap out of me. Is is Very that true. that. Big bubble you got to account for.
3: Then you shouldn't be living. You should not want want to live so tight where you can't buy a lawnmower or you can't fix the hot water tank. So you should be able to save money too, because when you have a home, you really should have some savings should something go wrong. So if you need to, like you say, get a snowblower or whatever it is, you want to be able to do that. You can't just be living so tight on your mortgage payment that you can't afford the things that you need to maintain your home.
0: Okay, and this is a really nice transition into step number two. So number one was determine how much you can afford. Now number two is how to prepare your finances. You just made mention of you have to be able to save. And you're going to need a stack of cash in order to even move forward with this process, right? Yes, um, I do advise any first-time
3: homebuyer that you need to start saving. And I know, Chris, you were working on reducing your debt, mm-hmm. which is great because you want to be able to eliminate those monthly payments. Um, however, uh, you still are going to need some, some funds in the bank. So um, when you go to buy your home and you say, okay, I want to get new bath mats and I want to get um, this new chair and I want this and that, you're still going to want to have a little savings to right. do those things.
1: I keep, I, I keep myself broke paying off my debt in a sense where yeah. like, I don't—I really don't have savings right now, well, you I'll be honest. To have I'm percent- throwing everything at debt to get to zero. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is good, but you have to have Both. a percentage of the house, the value of the house to put down as a down payment, plus Correct. you need closing costs. What is the amount that we're looking at on average? Okay,
3: so on average you're going to want at least, um, for first time home buyers, we have a program, which is a great program, um, 3% down. So that's the bare minimum that you're going to put down on a conventional mortgage. And um, 3% of the value of that house. So if the house is $100,000 or three, the, the purchase price, the purchase, so price, let's right. say a hundred thousand, you're going to want to put 3000 down. And then there is closing costs and escrow. So which, which is, is typically taxes and insurance.
0: So closing costs are about 3000, aren't they? Closing
3: costs. um going to run it depends on the, the purchase price, Okay, but it could range anywhere from five to 7%. Oh, okay. So, wow. so anyway, so, in average, we'll say a hundred thousand dollar home about four thousand in closing costs. Um, so you got your three thousand down, you got your four thousand in closing costs, and then you have escrow, so which is your property taxes and your homeowners insurance. So for a hundred thousand, let's say in the suburbs, you're looking about probably forty five hundred
0: in taxes.
1: So we're at what twelve to fifteen thousand at this point? So, correct. $15,000. Right.
0: So are you done? Are you bailing out of this interview?
2: <laughs> no. So, $15,000 so. is not awful. Okay.
0: But there's uh, there's lots of good news. I know you were working with...
1: CCCS, they have Consumer Credit Counseling Service of Rochester. They helped me get a huge chunk out of the way. Sure.
3: Right. And they actually have a lot of good programs, and we work with them directly as well. And we have a program at Family First that is through the Federal Home Loan Bank of New York. It's called the First Home Club Program, and it helps um, somebody like Chris save um, towards, um, you know, savings. You said you had a hard time putting money okay. away at this yep. time because you're paying down your yeah, debt. Right. This that was is your a good way now. to do it, and it's a grant um, program. So Shauna's going to talk a little bit about our First Home Club program.
2: The First Home Club program, uh, sponsored by the Federal Home Loan Bank of New York, actually is a $8,000 grant for qualifying um, purchasers. Uh, it's income-based, and Family First does a four-to-one match. There are other lenders out there that have it, but the four-to-one match is... Um, pretty much, you're saving one hundred and eighty-seven dollars and fifty cents a month for ten months. Works out to eighteen hundred seventy-five dollars, and that's your one. And then the the four being the seventy-five hundred from the grant program.
0: This is first first home buyers, though. Did Federal you say? home
2: loan. Uh, excuse me, the first home club.
0: Okay, so this is for you.
2: So if I this I, wouldn't be for me. If this I put in one hundred eighty-nine, one
1: hundred eighty-seven dollars and fifty cents for ten months, I get basically a free. Grant for eight thousand dollars.
2: You do, however, if you qualify, there are qualifying sure. events. You have to do, uh, follow the program guidelines, which are pretty strict. And uh, within those guidelines, we walk you through the process. Strict
0: but achievable. Strict but achievable. Strict but
2: they have to be strict. Oh yes, yeah, so we don't have want hundreds to... of people in yeah. this
3: program, and make some um, buying their first home possible. So it's what she's saying is, um, we match. They match four dollars for every dollar that you save. So if you're doing the $187.50 for 10 months, because that's the minimum period that you can do, but you can save up to 18 months, um, you're going to save $1,875, okay? Mm -hmm. So $4 for every dollar that you save, you're going to get a grant for
1: Mm $7,500. And it equals out to, gotcha.
3: Yeah, so now you're going to have the $7,500 plus the $1,875 that you saved. So you're going to have $9,375 towards the purchase of your home. And what did we say you would need? Total for about twelve thousand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now look so how we narrowed go. that rate right down. We narrowed that gap, making it so possible to save and purchase a
0: home. So this is a good time to buy a house. When I didn't get this, <laughs> neither did I. <laughs> what the
1: heck? So what are we okay. just
0: coddling you
1: guys? <laughs> so, more. And I wish more. I would have known. <laughs> so to be qualified, are there certain numbers, or do you have? To, we have to come in the family first to make to do a rundown, or I mean, like if if there is there an income? You said it's income based. So if I make Less than a certain amount? Is there a Sorry, specific number? Numbers.
2: So if you have a household, it's based on the household size. Okay. So if you have one to two person household, uh, currently from Monroe County, it's $57,820 a year.
1: Or that's the Combined. most you can make to qualify? Combined, okay, yes. got it. Yep.
2: If uh, Is it just you, Chris? It would be
1: just me, yeah. Just you
2: purchasing? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, oh, now, wait a minute. I'm not going to. No,
1: it'll be my house. Well, she can, she can move in, but she can.
2: Now, however... Oh, no, in five no, no, years, no, 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 I'm talking to her. She
0: is not <laughs> moving into your house. I know,
1: personally, I won't qualify for this on in- just based on income, but...
0: Oh, Dad, look how he switches the subject so quickly. That's a whole other podcast. Well, I was trying to play the if
1: system. If you should
2: marry him or not, we'll call it. <laughs> well, Chris... <laughs> I wouldn't recommend playing no, this system. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Only because we joking, always you. find out. <laughs>
1: wow, <laughs> that was really scary. It, it are
2: really you my girlfriend's does,
1: mother? It, really, it feels like
2: there's it. There's Italian in
1: her. <laughs> we always, why? Yeah, why are you doing the the finger across the throat thing? I know that the listeners can't see it, but
2: <laughs> no, okay. it's true. These guidelines are very precise. And uh, they follow them to the T. So it's very important not to try to pull one over um, on your your lending institution because we're getting tax returns. We're asking who's living in the household.
1: If he comes in,
2: he says, well, my girlfriend and I live together. I mean, we just recently had this happen. Um, A member came to me and said, you know, I'm looking to purchase a home. Um, I'm like, well, how many people live in the household? Oh, it's me and my girlfriend. I'm like, okay, well, is she working? Well, yes, but I'm purchasing the home in my name alone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but she's living with you. So he's like, yes, but this is going to be my house. You know, I don't know what the future holds. Well, none of us do, but at this point, you guys are living together, Uh, and this may actually lead you down the path of getting engaged or married. This income has to be considered. Now, had he not told me that they were living together, I wouldn't have known because she's not gonna show up on his tax returns. She's not gonna show up in any of the other documentation. I mean, unfortunately, he was honest, but here's the point, if you're gonna potentially purchase a house together, or they don't think about this, they get all the way to 10 months down the road, they've gotten married, they didn't tell us. They go to do their mortgage loan, and what happens is they decide, okay, well, we're going to go on this mortgage jointly.
1: It all comes crashing down.
2: Guess what's going to happen when <laughs> yeah. it's time to do that first home club packet? Oh, we got two people to put on there. Well, where's the income? So now I need all that income. Right. Suddenly we don't qualify. We've been saving for something. It's good you've got you know eighteen seventy five saved, but yeah, you just lost eight thousand dollars.
3: We you, we do have all our alternatives, such as in your case, if your income is above and you still want to purchase a home, but you still haven't saved everything, but you want to get things moving. Um, there is um, what's called seller's concession. You could finance a portion of your closing costs into your mortgage mm. to make it possible for you to get into a home and, and not have to put down the 12 to 15,000 that we're talking about. So seller's concession is a good way, and that's something to think about. Um, and that's basically with the rates as low as they are to finance a portion of your closing costs, it's really not that much more into your monthly payment.
0: All right. Also talking about how to prepare your finances. Step number two that you need to take credit score. And I know we've talked about it, touched about on it a little bit here, but what does your credit score need to be? And how do you get, is there a fast way to get to a good credit score? Um, I've been doing credit repair for a long time and
3: Ooh, um, I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. So <laughs> this is for you and you know, working with CCCS, they're wonderful too. They, they really have great tips. Um, Like I said, we work together. So um. You want your credit score to be at least a 600 for any type of, for a type of mortgage program at all, you know, to qualify for any type of mortgage program. Okay. At least a 600. If You're not there. Um, then what you're going to need to do is you need to have at least three open trade lines. That means you need to have three creditors such as your car loan, which you said you paid off. Right? Mm-hmm. You need to have, oh, so is um, that a no, no, he should, well, he should not if have, if you don't have the car loan anymore, then you should have at least a couple credit cards. Okay. Maintain them doesn't mean you have to always have them a balance on them. You could pay it, um, monthly, you know what I mean? You could use it and pay it, like, use this it, is all helping your credit,
1: right? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, okay. So, so have a couple of those, uh, revolving, or one revolving, and in installment and stuff like that. To just could, have something going on. Could yes, you have a credit card
0: that's open that you just don't even use? It's just open, or that doesn't help you? You need to use it
3: some period of time okay. because we need to track your payment history, and the payment history is what determines your credit score, okay? Okay, so, um and several other factors on the credit so cards. Is it,
1: is there a magic number or percentage on the balance of versus the limit?
3: Yes. So that's what it's all about. So say your credit line is thousand dollars on your credit card. You're going to want at least fifty percent or below that to be to not have your credit score go in the opposite
1: direction, gotcha. would be
3: the negative direction. So you want say your balance is five hundred or less. That would be the best way to be. You know, you don't want to be maximization or utilization of the credit card is what drives your score down. So, that is um, one big factor in the credit score. Having those three trade lines is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the way that you pay, you need to make sure that you're paying on time. You know, even if you pay loans into the grace period, it still does trickle into the credit score. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it does. Okay. So, but um, keeping everything on time, um, keep track of your health insurance. Sometimes um, things aren't covered all the time through your. Um, like they may sometimes they're not covered. Sometimes all. it's always not covered. You, you know all what I mean all the time? So there might be a small balance that's uncovered. You might get a bill from, you know, doing a lab ah. or something like that. Make sure that you pay those when they come because okay. soon enough, they'll be over at the collection agency and you won't even realize they're there.
1: Could I go backwards on my credit <laughs> card? So say I don't have the funds to get my balances below 50%. Can I call my credit company and try to get a, for a bigger credit limit to make it the percentage where it needs to be, you know what I mean. Like yes. if I have a thousand dollars and I have an eight hundred dollar balance, can I call and ask for like a five thousand dollar limit this way? The ratio is better.
3: You could. Okay, so you could do that, but chances are the credit card company is not going to increase your line if you're already maximizing your credit line. Okay. Just, mm. you know, I'm just curious of how to good.
1: get around because if some people don't have the money, I mean, I, there's a there's up until six months ago, I didn't have the money to wipe yeah. out most of my credit. Well, then maybe cards. you're not
0: financially ready to yeah. purchase a house. I mean, and you've got to really feel comfortable in your financial situation. Yes. Is, is the, the first home step.
1: Is the first home club going away anytime soon, or, no. or can we all be patient with it? <laughs> we
0: could all be patient.
3: Okay, it's going to be here around Just for a make it Because sure. <laughs> that's what
1: people do. They rush into financial decisions yeah. like buying a house, and they see this great program available yeah, that they do true. qualify for, and maybe they're, they're rushing into something. So good. Okay, still, good. The
3: worst-case scenario when they enter the grant program is they're saving money. So even if they're not ready at oh, the 10 months, oh. they're still saving money that they could potentially use. They could redo the, they could do the 10 months over again if they were ready, you know, in two years, they could yeah. do the program again. So the money's so always theirs.
0: Staying under the umbrella of how to prepare your finances, what documents, there's a lot of documents that we need to have readily available when we're ready to proceed with this.
3: So when you're ready to get pre-qualified for a mortgage, you're going to want to have your your pay stubs. So a lot of people say, well, I throw my pay stubs out or well, if you're thinking about buying a home, save those, save those things. So save your pay stubs. If they're electronic, then make sure you have access to your payroll system so that you can get those pay stubs. Because we're going to need 30 days of pay stubs. We're going to need your last year's W-2s. We're going to need your tax returns. So hang on those things and um, prepare those documents. If you haven't saved them, maybe keep a filing cabinet or a file and put your documents in there so that you're ready and prepared. We're also gonna need um bank statements just to see how much money do you have in you know in your account. So okay. we're looking at those things. Assets are important. And you know, we were talking about savings. Um and you're getting your debt down, you're trying to you know a little of both. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what you really when you're headed into purchasing a home or getting pre-qualified, limit your debt, like Chris is working on, um, and try to get some savings in there too, because The lender's looking at, okay, how much money do you have in the bank? So if he
0: makes that mortgage payment, how much money is he going to have left to fall back on? All right. And then moving on to step three. Now we know we feel financially ready. We're comfortable. We have the savings. We got all our documents ready. Get your prequalification letter from me. And then you go and you go shopping with your realtor.
3: And then you look around, you find something that you like. And then I always request a phone call. Call me as soon as you find something you like. You want to put an offer in. Let's go through the numbers so you know exactly what you're getting into before you buy it. We want to know exactly what your monthly payment is going to be. And you want to know exactly how much money you got to take out of the bank in order to buy that house. So those are the things I want to tell you before you get into your dream home, exactly what it's going to cost you so you know you're comfortable.
0: There's different types of mortgages. Can you explain them? There's the fixed rate, adjustable rate. Which one do you recommend? I recommend the fixed rate always. Um, Does anybody do the adjustable rate? There
3: are certain cases where somebody may want an adjustable rate. We call it the ARM rate, ARM program. and Let's say that somebody knows they're going to be living in their home temporarily. They're going to be out in three or four years. They may get an arm is fixed for a certain period of time and then adjusts after that. So we tend to work with the five-year fix and then adjust after that. So if it's somebody's you knows they're going to be moving out of the state or whatever, then it's okay to get into that as long as that they, they okay. leave after. More year. common, though, is the fix rate. More common is a fix, especially in this market because the rates are low. You might as well get right into the fixed rate to start with.
0: Is there a benefit to, besides the obvious of you have more time to pay it off, benefit from five-year, 15, 30-year loan? Um, it's going gonna,
3: it's gonna to be based on qualifying for that because when okay. you reduce the term, you're also increasing the payment. OK, right. OK. So, yeah. So um, she might typ- not even qualify. He might not even qualify for. Right. a. OK, typically we're going to look at the 30 year for the um, for a first time home buyer. Mm-hmm. And then if it's somebody that, you know, they do qualify for the fifth, for the 15 year and they're really adamant they want the 15 year they want to be done a cer- certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Then we'll look at that. But I would say 99 percent for first time home buyers were 30 year mortgage.
0: Okay, so you move it together. Now you do marry Meredith, and I already knew wow. this was gonna happen. Now you have two incomes. And then
1: the star goes over the castle and in Disney, and Disneyland, and
2: I wake yeah, up and was it was all a dream.
0: Oh my God, beautiful little babies running around. Oh I gosh. love it. So the money is coming in. Would you suggest just focus on that mortgage and pay that down? Don't wait till the 30 years is up?
3: Well, I would say if the money's coming in, everything's going just the way he wants it to go. Then I'd refinance into a shorter. The way she term. wants to go, first of all. This <laughs> is all the way she wants to go. Uh, I would refinance <laughs> it into a shorter term at that point and say, okay, now we're getting prepared for retirement days or our kid's going to college oh or, or this <laughs> and that. So let's
0: <laughs> so wait a minute, you <laughs> would suggest refinance, but don't you have to repay don't you have to pay closing class again? Or would you just pay to the principal and speed up the payments? Whatever works out, what's more whatever is more beneficial it's in financially
2: smart. Business.
3: I particularly say in this market right now, it's best to refinance into the 15 year Ah, or a shorter term in general.
2: Okay, right. Mm -hmm. The market is going to really determine if you're going to refinance. You're not going to take a low interest rate loan that you have a 30 year at, you know, three and a half, four percent. And then five, 10 years from now, our economic standing Mm -hmm. changes and we've got eight percent loans obviously you don't want to go back to to something like that
3: so as long as it makes sense um so let's say you start out four percent on a third year and then you want to look to refinance oh we want to shorten this down as long as you're getting about one to two percent lower than the current rate that you have
0: are the closing costs uh, on average the same even when you refinance i can't remember what i pay unless you go back to the same lender and then you get discounted closing costs if you come back okay. to the same letter. So so
3: if you took your mortgage out with Family First and come back to Family First and refinance, so we're going to give you a discount, on certain.
0: Okay, on we're going to have to refinance anyhow because he's going to have to put his new wife on the mortgage. So we're already talking <laughs> refinancing. Go. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's the last time I'm doing that. Um, let's see. Fees that we should look out for when you see this huge packet that they're going to give yes. you. And who the heck reads every page of that packet? Are there any hidden fees we should okay. look for? So what you're talking about is junk
3: fees. This is um, a term that lenders use. Um, it's a lingo, you know, amongst originators. It's junk fees, and what it is, it um, it comprises of an underwriting fee, a processing fee, an application fee, um, a document preparation fee. So these are all fees that you should be looking out for. So when you um, go to look for your lender. And they give you, you can request um, like a fee worksheet or a breakdown of the closing cost. And you look over, okay, application fee, 500. You see underwriting, 300. You see um, processing fee, 400. Wow. These are the things, they're called junk fees, and this is where the lenders make their money. So you're going to want to compare those to other lenders
0: to see who's got, you know, lower junk fees. That's good right there. If you take away anything from this, whether you're a first home buyer or not, that's a good one right there. Yes.
3: Yes, that's important to know.
2: Oh. Julie, now that's where the loan estimate comes in, right? Yes. So the loan estimate's now required mm-hmm. um, by the federal government for us to provide to um, home buyers the breakdown of all these fees. So there really shouldn't be any surprises. It takes that uh, you know 30-page document when you're looking at all your closing paperwork, and it just breaks it right down into the loan estimate and the closing disclosure to give you all those fees at a quick glance, so you know what you're looking at, and you got to take
0: time to look at it because I know in that moment you are just so excited for this next step for finding your dream house, you're almost blind to all these fees. True. So you mm-hmm. really do just got to sit down and look it over. Yes, another big one that I should point
3: out is yeah. points. Okay, so it's um it's points. Is are you going to be paying points for your interest rate? I know mean, it can be sometimes um, hard to understand. When you're looking at these documents, but are you paying um, a percentage of your loan amount to get the interest rate that you know that they're setting for you? So that's important to look at too, because all those um, all those fees add up to um, basically a profit for the lender. So that's what you're looking at. You need to know. Do
0: we recommend points? I never understood points really.
3: Mm. Points are um, points can work for you also if you're looking to. Um, how it works is buying down your interest rate. So if you need to buy down your interest rate because you say, I only want my payment at $900 a month or something, and we try to really gear towards what you can afford and what you qualify for. So some people will say, that's all I can do. Okay, we'll work with you, and you can buy down your your rate to this, and then you'll get the exact payment that you want. What's
0: the drawback, though? The drawback is it's more money out of your pocket. Okay. All right. It's a cost to you. Now... Let's break it down again. Um, Bank versus credit union, specifically when it comes to a mortgage. Okay. When it comes to
3: a mortgage, a credit union now, um, in comparison, a credit union has some discounted fees um, that a bank does not. So one in particular is called PMI, private mortgage insurance. So if you're not able to put 20% down on a home, a lot of first time home buyers are not, Mm -hmm. you're going to pay PMI. Well, at a credit union, it's really nice to work there because we have discounted PMI. So you know your payment will always come in lower than the bank if you're comparing apples to apples. That's really nice. We do have um, lower closing costs. And just in general, I see our closing costs. I've been doing this over 20 years. So I see our closing costs in general are lower than banks. Um, you get the one-on-one service. So you come in and you sit with me and mm-hmm. we talk face-to-face. That's really nice, and it goes a long way. We have local service and... Um, and everybody likes to work local. That is great. So, that's the
1: worst on customer service when you have to re-explain your problem three times yeah. in any capacity. So <laughs> that's honestly really attractive that you work with the same person all the way through. So we're good for like 30 years then, you and I. if I, So if I work with you, right, with the length of the mortgage. That's right. Are you going to work No take backs. No take backs.
0: And we talked about that with a credit union, you're a member you're of a the member, credit union. Yes. You're a part owner of the credit union. A shareholder. A shareholder, yeah. Yes, that's what I meant. Okay. Uh, okay. Now we get to uh, step number four. You got to pay off this mortgage. <laughs> so, what do we need to be aware of when we try to pay off our mortgage? Um, we talked about instead of maybe paying extra payments, maybe you could consider refinancing. Right. Yes. Any penalty fees, though, if you can make an additional payment, do you even suggest that at all?
3: We've been fortunate to get away from prepayment penalties on mortgages. Um, okay. That's been kind of thing of the past, but. So for now, we don't have prepayment penalties, meaning that if you did want to make, um, sometimes I suggest making an extra payment per year. So if you had a 30-year mortgage and you made one extra payment per year, you're going to take off about seven years off of your mortgage just by making the one extra payment per year. And then people are like, well, when would I have you know, extra money to make the payment? When I suggest around tax time, if you get a tax refund, you put that extra payment on there. Or now we have um, the school tax. We have the STAR program. You're getting a check in the mail versus getting the discounted school tax bill. When you get the check in the mail, apply it to your mortgage,
1: or even break it down monthly, like you said. If you just do once a year, and if you have a, a $1,200 mortgage, it's only 120 bucks a month. 100 bucks a month, rather.
0: All right. So now, in your specific situation, Kanye, and I know a lot of millennials. Yeah, it's not literally. A bit, it's not a bad term, but a lot of. Uh, the younger generation, they're looking to rent. And you're not alone in where the mindset is, let me buy a duplex. Let me run out one half, have that person help me pay my mortgage. And there you go. Now I have mm-hmm. real estate. Do you recommend that? And what are any cautions? Absolutely, I okay. think it's fantastic. If you're looking forward to um,
3: maybe have an investment property down the road, or this is something that you're going to have maybe when you retire, but um, so if you're getting your first home, and um, and I've had this happen many times. And even with the first home club program, they allow um, doubles, triples. You can you would have to live in one half, so it would have to be your primary residence. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as long as you lived in one unit, and maybe you rented out the other half. That rent is obviously going towards your mortgage payment, making it more affordable for you. And let's say five years years down the road, you're married, and and she doesn't <laughs> want to live in a double. She doesn't want to have that you know the close knit neighbor. So
2: you could just move out. So you know, that's the
1: requirement for the first. So you have to stay there for five years minimum, or is it a? Is there a specific number on it?
2: With the grant program, they do require you to stay there for five years. With
1: the grant, with the grant, yep. okay. With the, the grant,
2: grant, there is a, a mortgage that goes with that specifically for the eight thousand gotcha. dollars grant. Okay, you can refinance, and then it is forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, if you sell it within the five years, then you just have to pay back like a prorated share. Mm-hmm. Any questions that you have lingering, Kanya?
1: Okay, so if you're somebody who qualifies for the first home club, but also could afford for some reason to buy your house without those restrictions, you know, if you have the best of both worlds going on, you've saved every, you saved all your birthday money since you were 11, and you have enough for a down payment with no restrictions, but you also qualify for the first home club, is there one that you suggest over the other, doing it all without the restrictions or doing it for the $8,000 with the five-year restrictions and the mm. stuff like that?
2: If you qualify for the first home club grant, why wouldn't you? We're big promoters.
3: We're big promoters of the first home club program. You know, I would say it's it's one of those programs that I I wish it was around when I was I bought my first home. Amen. But
0: I bring (laughs) that What was your interest rate? talk about
3: that double. Mine
0: was what
2: the heck was mine? What was yours? Eight and a quarter. Nine, nine. Yeah, mine was like nine, and I think we refinanced at one point down to seven and a half. And, ooh, that was great. We were so excited. So what are my... they now?
1: What is it? What's the common? It's
2: like know, four.
1: four. Four? Ooh.
2: See, <laughs> See how <laughs>
0: rough we had it? Yeah. Nine percent. Do you feel bad for Did us? you
1: have to use your rotary phone to call and make your mortgage payment?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know what ticks you yes. off? When you miss the number, you do the wrong one. No, you you mail the check. You should know what the number nine looks like. It's in your interest rate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, awesome. in. Oh, thanks so for having us.
1: Thank you so really much. Appreciate it.
0: My dad has been a big influence on my life, especially how I work through financial decisions. And ever since I can remember, he was always there with a memorable, motivational quote. And that's how we end the podcast. Father knows best. My dad's two cents. Have a good weekend. Dominate your finances. Aim low. Reach your goals. Avoid disappointment.
1: That's what too many people do. I want you to aim high and
2: achieve those lofty goals.